afternoon, Patreons. Hello. Welcome to a very special and illustrious episode of Nick's Picks. Oh, so illustrious, so shiny, diamond-encrusted, gold leaf, pour it all over my face. Iridescent, fluorescent, pearlescent, and my favourite, perhaps. It is an episode of Nick's Picks. Perhaps. Straight from the mouth of you and I. To the ears of you. The listener who... He's paying good money for quality content, which we are definitely providing right now, right? This is quality, yeah? So, you want to go down to the store and get some interviews from Hirohika Araki. We're doing it again. People liked it, so we're doing it again. Liam's had quite a bit to drink. No, I haven't. Well, I've had not one really. drink. Yeah, you've had one drink. Well, not one. I'm just fun. I'm just drink. fun. Oh man, I wish I was I fun. I just have a performer's charisma and I'm fun. That's why <laughs> we do a podcast and it's why people give us the Patreon dollary dues for it. And why I'm here as well. <laughs> Still got plenty of Hirohika Araki interviews to go through. Oh yes. Um, we'll see what we get through today. I know we're starting with a longer one, uh, which should oh. be a nice soft lead in. <laughs> now, do we want to do reading it together again? Well, this one's an interview with um with interviewer and Araki both speaking. So I feel like it's best to trade off. Okay. On those. All right. But uh, feel free to uh, veer off into conversation if anything strikes you at any time. Okay, I'll do the same. If you haven't listened to the previous episode... Do that. Because it is a trip. A desperate, terrifying trip. Yeah, that one idol who had a conversation with Araki. What? Don't you want Jodoro to hit you? That went places. Don't you want him to choke you? Don't you want him to aura aura you? Yikes. Don't you want him? But I don't know if I need him. <laughs> Well, I'm dying to find out. Wait a minute. This is this is a song. These are song lyrics. No. Aren't they? Are you sure? It sounds like song lyrics. But what song, Nick? Don't know. Surely not one that you hear every week. Dying takes me higher? Don't know what that is. Oh, wait. No. Love takes me higher. Love takes me higher. I don't know what that is either. Neither do I. Oh, wait. No, that's the opening of JoJo's. Let the voice of love take you higher. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm talking about the ending of JoJo's by uh, Savage Garden. Oh, shit. Wait, are those the lyrics? Nick, you'll never know what hit you when I get to you. Oh, no. Anyway. Anyway. So we're talking about Araki again. Araki. Hirohika Araki. The man. The legend. The enigma. Or the mystery wrapped in the riddle. The mysterioso. Oh, conjured that, that in flame. That Araki, he's so mysterioso. Oh, my God. If there was a man that I would ever call mysterioso, I think it would be Araki. Is that a supervillain name? Mysterioso. Yeah. It is, but I think it wasn't Mysterioso. Oh, I'm thinking like, of Mysterio. Yeah, yeah. Mysterio. Spider-Man villain with a fishbowl on his head. Yes. And he's all like, you'll never know who I am. And Spider-Man's all like... Yeah, don't you know who you are to web you up? Yeah. Shock horror, Spider-Man won. Like, as in he was victorious. Well, as we all know, he's got great power. Yeah, but with great power comes great bitches. Nick. I'm just saying. That's poor taste. With great power comes great promotional discount opportunities. Ah, understood. Understood. This is an interview from 2009 with Araki. Okay. Um, from Neutral, which I'm assuming is a publication. Neutral. Is it spelled like N-E-W-Tral? That's right. It's Tral, T-R-A-L. Yes. Okay, great. So Neutral. So why don't I play mm. interviewer and you play Hirohika Araki? <gasps> I get to be Araki. Okay. Here we go. The veil of fiction is drawn. Okay. And will be undrawn at a moment's notice if we want to talk about anything. So get into character, Liam. <sighs> Wait, so hang on. Can I just ding dong? Because he ding dongs. That's what, that's what I do. I'm Araki. Oh, right. You're running away. The ding yeah. dong dash. The ding dong dash. Yeah. That joke was so worth it. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm so nervous today. Oh, don't worry. I'm not here to make anyone nervous today. My goal is to be healing others. Really, please don't be nervous. Thank you. Oh, no. Thank you. <laughs> so we're off to a great start. <laughs> so Araki, as always, being very... Uh, healing to others. Yeah. Apologetic. Apologetic. Part one. Hirohika Araki, Road to Becoming a Mangaka. Well, my first question is, what kind of 22-year-old were you and what was your like life after graduating from high school? Um, well, it was the 70s. The mangakas at the time were a generation after people like Tezuka-sensei, Akatsuka-sensei, and Fujiko-sensei. And it was a time when the genre of manga really diversified. Not only manga, but music too. 
like jazz crossing over to rock music. I spent my teen during a time when everything was fusing <laughs> together, so I kind of caught the momentum of that. And then Yudi Tamago Sensei, who was the same age as me, debuted when we were about 16 or 17. Then I realised that I can't be wasting time. Of course, I studied too. But as a student, I also was really interested in art, like manga, music, film and fine arts. I really aspired foreign countries as well. Okay, so obviously there's a translation issue here. Uh-huh. But this very much reads like one of those things written by a um a predictive text bot. <laughs> like if I'd if I'd trained a predictive text bot on all the Hirohiko Araki author's notes and just yeah. had it say something. Yeah. What are you talking That's what he would say! That's what he did say! That's a really good bot if you make that. <laughs> I don't know how to do that, but can we make this? The Hirohiko Araki author slash Jojo Vele note. I mean, it's possible. text box. Yeah, we, c- we could do that, yeah. Legitimately, I did an AI unit, so we could, in theory... I think there are, like, some some neutral slate yeah. text bots you can get that you can train whatever you want. I think we yeah. should do this. I'm writing this down, Liam. <laughs> I'm, I'm joining this down in the Jojo's Memoriam uh, note fund that... Rest in peace, Jojo. <laughs> we are making a what predictive text... Bot. That's the one. Predictive text bot of Araki. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Araki bot is coming. If I can find a way to do this, I'm making it happen. <laughs> Otherwise, we're disappointing like 30 people. How old were you when you became interested in such things? Ah, uh, well, from around high school or maybe even middle school. Then I dreamed of being a mangaka or have a job relating to that. So, you actually read Yudatamago Yudetam- Sensei's works? Read it, and, well, there were many mangakas, and I couldn't do anything about that. (laughs) Unless. But I felt like I had to something myself. Interesting. So that was the turning point in life. Probably. It may overlap with some questions later, but can I keep going on? Yes, please go on ahead. Why why did he ask, can I keep going, if he... What? Okay, anyway. Because it may overlap with some questions later. I guess, yeah. Well, how should I put it? You know how you learn from your elders? Back then was a time when doing the same thing as your elder was really looked down at. You had to do something different. If there were several paths that your elder paved, it was like finding somewhere in between that no one else has gone before. Kind of like that. Strangely enough, the question that's asked here is basically what I was going to (laughs) comment. So it was about doing something different. Well, you had to kind of make sure not to mimic anyone, yeah. It wasn't necessarily about going your own way, but learning... You can go your own way. <laughs> uh, Great. <thank> you. <laughs> High quality content yet again. But learning from your elders was not stepping in their footsteps. You will look down if you ever stepped in it. People would say, you're just doing the same thing. Just coping. Now I think, I think maybe we're missing a letter. Perhaps. Yeah. But why? <laughs> I think it's just cooping. Uh, or something... And look at you with scornful eyes. What do people actually say towards your works? Like, this looks like that. Or, that story development is identical to so-and-so. At times like that, where did you get inspiration to pave your own way? So I had influences... (laughs) No, that was just written influences. That one was all on you. I mean, yeah, that was just (laughs) me shit. So I had influences from my favourite mangakas, but also came up with my own things. Uh. Or added on to it. Draw an area that hasn't been explored by others. And like that, for example, I now think there's a theory. And following a theory of hit makes you feel like you have to do something that sells. I didn't think of that at all. So I guess I was pure in a sense. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? I think what he's saying is, like, other people were trying to find out how you could make a big hit manga. Right. But he was like, what? Why? What? Why don't I just tell my story? Yeah. So he was like, I'm naive. I'll do what I want. But he wasn't thinking about the liar game. Whoa. The liar game? Yeah, the liar game. It's a bigger, well, not big. It was a manga that I'm currently reading. Uh, Oh, you're so cultured, Nick. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, It's all about how... You know how in Death Note, it's like two guys trying to kill each other, but they have to outlogic one another? Sure. So Liar Game is like, this girl who's naive and too really... Just too dumb to even fucking function in our society, let's be real. She gets an invite to the Liar Game. And the Liar Game is like, if you can steal 100 million yen from this person at the end of the month, then you, you. you win that 100 million yen. So it's all about like psychology and how do you outwit people Ah. but then she gets caught into the liar game which is actually a tournament Ooh, 
and then it becomes a massive metaphor for society and how people are overcome by greed. And she's all like, but people aren't overcome by greed. Isn't the game all about how we don't? And it's like, no, it's definitely about greed. So basically you've been reading this lately. <laughs> I have been and it's very good. Great. Although soon my opinion might change. Who knows? Ask me later, fans. Not a manga only for the sake of selling? It's about drawing something that's never been drawn. Interesting. This gets a little personal, but going to art school- I refuse to answer. (laughs) (laughs) No personal questions, thank you. (laughs) Going to art school, I really understand what you mean. You take a class with a teacher and you get drawn towards your teacher's style, but are punished if you fully adopt that style. Yeah, it's pretty much like that, but more intense with a strong 70s feel to it. So everyone has an afro. (laughs) Just hang on. Wait, wait, wait. So when he says, like... Yes, like what you said, but tougher because it was me and I'm older. You could add that to anything. It's like, <laughs> the way that he said that, that because of the translation, it's like, you're punished if you fully adopt that style. It's like, yeah, it's pretty much like that. You could just ask me, if I ask me any question. Hey, Nick, what did you have for lunch today? Oh, I had what you had, but more intense and with a 70s feel. <laughs> <laughs> Asked and answered. Terrible, I'm his roommate. Part two, what it feels like after becoming a mangaka. I'm assuming this is just going to be good. What was it like to actually become a mangaka? I was worried sick and couldn't sleep during earlier works. And even when starting Jojo, I wasn't sure if it was all right. And did you have a strong support? Someone backing you up? Uh, yeah. In my case, I based my works on works of art from the past that I felt sure and things that were done by people I was sure about. So even if someone says something bad or negative, I always was able to feel sure. And V told me that I had to be bold if I wanted a serialized series. Failing a serialized series is losing to yourself. So I think it works out well for an optimistic person. So he's basically saying that if he fucked up, that was it. If we can, if we hold this in conjunction with the previous question, uh-huh. you can't just worry about chasing sales or anything like that. You've got to do your own thing and be pure and creative. But if you, if fail, you don't do well, you are a failure as a person. <laughs> <laughs> you not only fail the manga, you fail yourself. And then how can you live with yourself? I, I mean, I don't know, Liam. I don't know. Do you think most mangakas are optimists? I think people who can keep doing it are like that. More like someone confident than an optimist. Many of them have absolute confidence in themselves. Many seems like they go beyond narcissism. So you don't want to cripple their pride (laughs) and have to nurture it. You're probably simpletons. Oh, sorry. They're probably simpletons. (laughs) It's like he just walks into the interview. It's like, you're probably a simpleton. Listen up, simpleton. This is how we're doing this. Look, these manga artists need refinement, okay? And you're the ones that can tell them they don't need it. They're probably simpletons. Out in the real world, you have to be careful not to be scolded for that. Oh man, I hate being scolded for being a simpleton. I mean, I enjoy it, but only on very distinct evenings. <laughs> Part three, Araki's mangaism. 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 How's that spelled? Manga dash ism. Hmm. What the hell? Okay, sure. Manga has really infiltrated our society nowadays. What does manga mean to you? Like I said earlier, it's about the beauty of the art and training your, quote, eyes for judging beauty, unquote. It's kind of like a training. I'm drawing and sometimes fall into meditation and skip time. Kind of like that. Sounds pretty kind of Jojo-y. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a flow state, isn't it? Sometimes when I'm editing, I skip time. Oh, that was bad, Liam. That was bad. That was real bad. It's not entirely untrue. I mean, no, it's entirely true, but that's the pro- It's such a bad pun. Oh, well, I mean, the non-pun element is also not untrue. But it's even like, oh. How do you feel about other mangas and works? Shit. No, wait, hang on. Well, yeah, I like some of them, but I'd also like to recognise those. I'm not sure what's fun or interesting about them. I want to talk a bit about the things that aren't good. <laughs> Let's just take a delve into shitty manga. Maybe not recognising them, but try to think while I read them. Not only in manga, but also in films. The kind of story that I don't feel interesting is when the protagonist doesn't have a reason to progress. For example, there are some that are negative towards fighting. And I personally think that's a (laughs) no-no. Okay. Okay, hold the fuck up. What? I think this is about to take an an interesting turn. Yeah. If there's going to be war, it should be like, yeah, I love war. (laughs) That's an extreme example, but fighting in war while denying war, 
I'd say is negative story-wise. If Yep, that's what it says. Okay. If the is a zero, the denial makes it a negative. But fighting for one's own satisfaction or fighting war to save one's mother, that kind of elements that makes the story positive is really interesting. The kinds of film fit in that. And because they fit in, I analyse from there. So if you like negative and gather a lot of negative, you start compiling those kinds of movies. But there are many perspectives, so there's not really a right or wrong direction. It's up to your own preference. What the That's... fuck did he just say? <laughs> I think it's. I think he's saying he likes a protagonist who does stuff, who is positively invested in what they're doing. Okay, so he's always looking on the bright side of life. So maybe like a Walter White is, you know, he's cooking the meth because he loves making the meth. Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense, sure. Rather than a Jesse Pinkman who was cooking the meth because the Nazis locked him up in their basement dungeon. That's true, that is very true. So he likes someone who's doing it because they enjoy doing it or because they have a reason to do it. Mm. Yeah, but even then, Jesse has a reason. He's locked up a in a Nazi basement. Positive reason. Oh. Being locked up in a basement by the Nazis makes you negative. <laughs> <laughs> but those are all in quotation marks. <laughs> Part four. Relaxing. Araki style. This is the shit I'm here for. Yeah. Here we go. You have been doing manga for a long time. I've heard in other interviews that you never miss a due date. And we always see you as being on schedule. Do you ever have trouble coming up with new ideas? It's not really about the lack of ideas, but the scariest is the lack of the will to draw. Lack of idea is really losing the will to create. Fuck, that is deep. <laughs> That's fucking deep. If you're willing to write, you will get ideas. So you shouldn't be afraid of the lack of ideas. Just keep putting things out there and save nothing. Just keep putting things out there and save nothing. Uh, Hold nothing back. Oh, I thought he just meant like, just put, keep putting things out there, but don't write anything down. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. Feeling like you don't care is the worst thing. Agreed. Oh. Have you ever felt like that? Well, yeah, I start feeling that when I get exhausted. And how do you cope with that? Oh, fucking look, I'm not going to give away my trade secret. Okay. Um, in my case, I go discipline myself a little. <laughs> I go get oh, out my boy. albino monk and start. he starts whipping my back. <laughs> Why does he own an albino monk? Da Vinci Code. <laughs> Was that in Da Vinci Code? Yeah. Was that a real thing where he just started whipping people? He whips his own back. Oh, I thought you said like... I get this albino monk to come out so he can start whipping me. That's what I said. But then that doesn't make any... He'd need a different monk. Twas a joke. Man, you got to save nothing, man. <laughs> nothing serious, but go out on a walk to shrines like that. I don't go out in waterfalls, but that takes away my worries. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Hang on. I don't go out in waterfalls, but that takes away my worries. No punctuation. Uh, he doesn't go to waterfalls, but he likes waterfalls? Yeah, maybe. Araki, if you're out there, clarify. Tell us about the waterfalls, Araki. What are you holding back? Why aren't you going to them? Do you have something to hide? It kind of weird, but going on a walk or a bicycle trip alone, discipline through a little exercise. Not only using your mind, but also your body. I exhaust myself. And there's many things, like carrying a heavy load, and you start to realise what's really necessary. I start to think I don't need a cell phone because it's heavy and I wanted to toss it and I had no signal anyways. But I feel really healed by an iPod for some reason. Like a baby driver. <laughs> Why is that? Somehow music is really good. I never would have guessed that Araki, <laughs> being the man that he is, would have gone, I like music. You know, I really like music. It seems like a good thing. So I really only need water, raincoat and an iPod and went to a place called... Kumano Kodo once. It says Kumano. Kuma equals bear in Japanese. That's why it's spelled Kumano. Because so no bears. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured there will be bears in this place. Man, you were way off the mark, Liam. <laughs> so someone told me to take my cell phone. I took it, but didn't get any service. Then my feet starts to hurt, and I really started getting sick of all my luggage. I brought some bread with me, but I ate it. And I started to realise that those things are not necessary. You don't need it. To survive. Wow, deep. Not, not like the bears. Or the bread. <laughs> it's like, I thought there would be bears there. So I went there and there was only bread. <laughs> so much bread. What do you feel like when you're out at training places like, at like that? Oof, I'm going to take that again. <laughs> Sometimes you do a bad read. Sometimes you try so hard, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. 
What do you feel like when you're out training at places like that? Empty. And then I come back from that and start working again. Oh, we've all been there. <laughs> oh, boy. Literally every Friday night, you're just like, man, I need to feel nothingness. Mm, I'd say Sunday nights. Yeah, that makes sense Ugh, for you. I'm yeah. empty. Capitalism's about to grind me beneath its boot again. I just had to listen to Nick again. But this time, not in a controlled fashion. Yeah, this time I couldn't yell at him to stop. I have to rely on Parsleyum to have yelled at him. <laughs> I have to edit like some kind of simpleton. Part five, other dreams. Your artworks have been featured in fashion, a science magazine cover, and now in the Louvre. Wait, sorry, hang on. Go back a bit. A science magazine Yeah, cover? we've talked about that in the podcast before. Have we? Yeah, there was some stand on the cover of some magazine. Oh, I think maybe he made a stand to represent a new element that was found or something. Oh, I see. I see. That's weird. That's yes. exceptionally weird. That's bizarre. I'm glad you said bizarre. What is the meaning of working on projects besides manga? Um, it's the drawing. If there's story and drawing, I guess I'm better at drawing. I don't know. I'm a mangaka, so I have to draw, or otherwise people won't think me as an mangaka. As an mangaka. There are mangakas famous for their story, but I'm more on the drawing side, so I want to draw the ultimate picture. Something really good. The ultimate picture. <laughs> I've been drawing this since the day I was 15 years old. It surpassed all other manga. And when you look at it, you turn into a book. I call it Araki. A mangaka. <laughs> but Araki, this is just a self-portrait. Yes. And it ages and I don't. <laughs> I mean, that'd be fucking amazing. <laughs> do you not have enough time at the moment to do that? You know, like the Louvre and the Science Magazine... Especially the science magazine. There's more to that one. But I tend to think all of them as one. Physics, literature, they're all the same. Wait, sorry. They're, spelt T-H-E-R-E, they're all the same in a sense. That they are searching for the truth. It's nothing alien. Or the- is it? Are you an alien? Or am I? A stand user. Or are we dancers? It's nothing alien. So, the person who asked me the science magazine project felt the same way too. He thought that I can illustrate his scientific theory. Why did he think that? (laughs) No one fucking knows, Araki. No one fucking knows. All right, we're getting towards the end of this quite long interview. Okay. Was there anything else you were asked to do? Something weird? Is there anything weird? Maybe the CD cover? The t-shirt designs? I guess the cell project was the weirdest, but that doctor's medical theory and my philosophy of stands were the same. (laughs) So he asked me to draw. Question. Gonna need some more details on that one. What the fuck is the cell pro? What the shit is that? That was the science uh, magazine cover thing that I was saying. Okay. All right. The cell project. That way of thinking makes me happy. Happy because it's kind of like Da Vinci. That really is a theory that no one can understand. Borderline crazy. No one who sees those sentences agrees to the theory. It might be wrong. And if you write something wrong, someone is going to object later. So that project was a little risky. What do you wish to do next? Do you have any requests? Um, yeah, I probably want to do a series of pictures. You mean like a CD cover? Um, something like the The Dancing Girl of Izu. Oh! The The Dancing Girl of Izu was a little different too. They asked me to draw the cover of The Dancing Girl of Izu, and I couldn't believe it. They just asked me to do a work based on a famous literature. So did you choose that? Yeah, but only from the Shiesh... The, but only from the Shiesha Bunko series. Why the Dancing Girl of Izu? I kind of wanted to draw the emptiness of youth. Oh, same. Part six. Message to 22-year-olds today. Listen close, listeners. Listen up, you fucking simpletons. I think people's actions should be based on their, quote, eyes to judge beauty, unquote. How to judge what's beautiful. Are your own actions beautiful or not? And by beautiful, I don't simply mean the appearance of something, but does something fit in? Can you understand it? I think studying is for training your eyes to judge beauty. For example, whether it's physics, sociology or literature, it's a way to find out how the pieces fit together nicely. And the study of medicine is the way to discover a theory to cure beautifully. Christ. And as you layer those theories together, you are able to judge things. And if you know how to judge, you will be able to make a decision. I want young people to train their eyes so they can judge things, theories, and themselves. And I don't want them to study only as a way to become rich or for a high academic record. I think having such evil, 
or not is important. It may sound fancy, but being something like a hero for the good is really important. I think what he's trying to get oh, at- Oh, Jesus Christ. I entirely agree with it though, Liam. It's like what he says makes perfect sense, you know? Speak on that. So like, I think what he's trying to get at is that when he says beauty, he's sort of trying to say like, we all want to know how things relate in harmony with one another. Sure. Right? So like, if you're- This is just going to be me being pompous for like half an hour. If you're being like a scientist, say- Which I am. You would see beauty as like, how do things fit together? Sure. Like, how does light work? Tessellating. Yeah. Interdisciplinary. Yeah. So it's like, beauty in the eye of the beholder of a physicist is like, what are the laws of physics? How does it work? How does everything piece together beautifully? Or like, if you're a doctor, it's like, how can I help people in a way that isn't shit? Like leeches, <laughs> which has very little basis. But if Now you're... speak on being a hero for good. So like being a hero for good is like, I want to do things for the sake of like, I don't know. Making the world a better place. Yeah, making us like live in harmony and all that. You know, peace in our time, Liam. Peace sure. in our time. All right, new interview. Not like that simpleton fucking interviewer man who thought he knew how to do art. Not like him, Liam. This one's from um, 1989. So we're jumping back Ooh. 30 years. Is this part one? No. 1989. Surely that'd be part one. No, that's like end of part three. Are you serious? Yep. God damn. Araki, my boy. It's from Famicom, Famicom Jump, Hero yeah. Retsuden Strategy Guide. And the interviewer for some reason is called Troubled King. So I, I'm okay. going to play Troubled King and you can play Araki. Okay, great. You need a good voice. For yeah, I know. King. Oh, here we go. Uh, let me just do my, uh, my YouTuber voice. <laughs> Hey guys, like and subscribe, yeah, exactly. it's your boy Troubled King. Well then, it's the Troubled King again. Making an appearance next is Hirohiko Araki-sensei, a connoisseur of little-known games. Is that what you think YouTubers sound like? Yeah, like, hey guys, it's me, Fartman69. Be sure to smash that like button. Why is he Cockney? Because that's where he lives. Why does he sound like, um... Speedwagon. John Lennon. <laughs> that's just what they sound like. Okay, all right, okay. All YouTubers. Yeah. Cockney. It's like, um, you know how in received pronunciation, they'd be like, Hello, Justin, we are reporting from Baghdad about the recent uprising. D no, what? What are you talking about? It's received pronunciation for YouTube. Oh, okay, all right. What was the question? <laughs> No question. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh, wow, he really does say it's the troubled king again. Making an appearance next is Hirohiko Araki, sensei, a connoisseur of little-known games. You say that, but I don't actually have a Famicom. Which is, of course, a family computer or Nintendo enter Entertainment System. <laughs> is that really what it is? Yes. Wait, the Famicom this entire time has been a Nintendo Entertainment System? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I thought Famicom was a different thing. I don't think so. We could look this up. But we're not going to. Because you can, listener. You. Don't at me. At milk juice. No, donate more money. <laughs> <laughs> donate me. Fill the world with goodness. Harmony by giving us money. <laughs> Man, no one. No one should ever. Why do people give us money in the first? They'll realize. <laughs> okay. How about playing card or cards or boards games? Yes. Games that uses cards. For example, things like poker. I like. Furthermore, I love backgammon and monopoly. Hardly an elegant pastime, I think. <laughs> what kind of thing fascinates you about card games? Certainly. It's the thought of having another human as your opponent. Rather than being interested in the game itself, waging war against the opponent and having the strategy is what's interesting. Even if it's the same game, because of the opponent, it can evolve into an entirely different kind of game. Hirohika Araki, possible sociopath. <laughs> you know, I really enjoy eating, but only when there's someone looking me directly in the eye. I really enjoy games for how I get to crush other people. <laughs> Have you ever thought about a man's soul before? You ever think if maybe the last chemical composition of a man is his soul? You ever wonder if you can really digest that down? Troubled King about to date this interview. Uh-huh, certainly. It doesn't matter who you play with on a Famicom because the opponent is a computer. That doesn't sound dated. Because now you can play multiplayer games. Yeah, but it just sounds lonely. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I've hardly played on the Famicom, but there seems to be a game where you can fight with your friends. If there's a game where you can play against other people, I'd also be interested. But Araki Sensei, I thought you were someone who was rather opposed to the Famicom. <laughs> you fool! Wait, I've lost my place. That's not the case, since my motto is don't think about your worries, live your life freely. If I like the Famicom, I should play it. If I think it's a waste of time, I should stop. I see. Well then, to wrap this up, a few words for everyone reading this. 
It's already been two years since Jojo has begun being serialized. However, without forgetting what it was like to be a newcomer, I'll press on. Don't know really why this interview existed. <laughs> Hi, Araki, we want to interview you about the Famicom, something you have no interest in. Sure, yeah. Have you got any good questions for me? No. Great. Let's do this. Cut a check. To be fair, we do that every week. It's like, hey, have you guys got any substantial content of your own to make? I think we have insightful discussions and good banter. Do we? And people listen for some reason. Yeah, that's true. Probably JoJo. We make each other laugh. That is true. I do laugh at you. Why are you going to be like this today, Nick? <laughs> I don't know. Who's shit in your cereal? 1993. Content from the JoJo 6521 art book. The hell is the 6521 art book? It's an art book about JoJo. But why is it called... Six JoJo 6521. Why is it called JoJo 6521? I don't know. Gotta oh. call it something. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, if I was getting upsy about names... Why has Kingdom Hearts got the most confusing naming system ever? Oh, you mean like Dream Drop Distance? And 358 over 2? Chain of Memories? <laughs> sure. Uh, what other ridiculous names do they have? Oh, you've got the... Uh, Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5 HD Final Remix. Yeah. Is Scrooge McDuck in Kingdom Hearts? Yes, he tries to sell you ice cream. Oh, you don't get to play as him though? No, but you do get to join him in, in the ice cream game. Is Darkwing Duck in... Um... Oh... Don't know. I don't think so. What about Launchpad McQuack? Who's Launchpad McQuack? What does he look like? Uh, he looks like a... He looks like Joseph Joestar if he was a duck, which we, I've definitely made that comparison on this show before. Potentially? He's big and buff and he's got a um, a pilot's cap. I think, yes, maybe. I think maybe. <laughs> Potentially he might be in Kingdom Hearts. I know Donald is because he's one of the party. Yeah, yeah Doland, yep. Um, what about Gyro Gear Loose? <laughs> Who the fuck is Gyro Gear Loose? He's the, um, scientist duck. The scientist duck? Yeah, he creates things that inevitably go evil. The hell? is like tails. E as an evil scientist duck? No. Okay. No idea. What about Fenton Crackshell or Quackshell? No, definitely not that. He's voiced by Lin-Manuel Miranda in the new TV series. There you go. He's made a name for himself. He's also Gizmo Duck. Gizmo Duck. Superhero. Like an Iron Man duck. Ah. Does he have a duck suit? Yeah. Man, yeah. right when I think I have the like perfect idea of like life of in duck general. Of DuckTales. Of DuckTales. Why don't you tell me. me what you think DuckTales is about? Um, man, it's hot in here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I assume it's about a bunch of ducks. You're not wrong. Including Donald and or Scrooge. Yeah. As they go about adventures? Pretty much. Potentially directed towards some evil duck? Not exactly, but not entirely wrong. There's an array of duck-based villains. Okay. Some of them are dogs, too. Like Goofy? Is Goofy a dog? Not Goofy, but like Goofy. Okay. But not Goofy. But not Goofy. Okay, good, because Goofy is... He's off doing his own single dad goof troop. Thing. Yeah, he's, he's perfect in every way. I think he's my least favourite character oh. in the Disney canon. You fucking asshole! You haven't seen him take down like titans in Kingdom Hearts. No, I haven't. No. Once you get that, you're like Goofy is the man. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, we're not here to discuss Kingdom Hearts. We're here to discuss. We're here to discuss Ducktales. <laughs> I like Flintheart Glomgol. <laughs> Who the fuck is Flintheart Glomgol? He's like a rival evil billionaire. Billionaires are there in DuckTales? Well, let's see. There's Scrooge McDuck, of course. Uh-huh. Um, the world's richest duck. Yep. Uh, Flintheart Glomgold, who is from South Africa, but who pretends to be Scottish to uh, try to one-up Scrooge. You know what? That's not the worst ploy I've ever heard. Um, there's like Rocker Duck, I think, who's like a Rockefeller archetype. Okay. There's... Where are they getting this money from? The Gold Rush. Okay. All right. Sure. Goldio Gilt. She's a just like cool lady duck who is also very rich. Uh-huh. Is she a femme fatale? Or yeah. Or should I say a duck du jour? Um, there is... Oh, God, what's his name? Um, Gladstone Gander, who is a very rich duck, but not through hard work and grit like Scrooge. Uh-huh. He's just very, very lucky. <laughs> okay. But isn't Scrooge an asshole? Mm, he's greedy. Yeah. Doesn't he just hold on to all of his cash and that's it? Well, he puts it in a big bin that he swims around in. Yeah. So it's not like hard work. He just saves money. No, but he also... Has a business. And glows on globetrotting adventures and gets ancient treasures. Oh, I see. He's earned it. He's, he's earned his treasure hunting mm. ways. And then there's Huey, Dewey and Louie, his great nephews. Yep. 
Who love ice cream. Do they? I assume they do, because everyone loves ice cream. Oh, yeah. You heartless fuck. Joke's on you there. Lactose intolerant. Ah. Part 4's theme. Why did I decide to set Part 4's story in 1999? The near future. Why? Note, this was released in 1993. Oh. Why? Well, it's supposed to continue after Part 3, and I figured 1999 would add some kind of of turn-of-the-century feel to it. I was also originally thinking of depicting a world after death, but I didn't think anyone could relate to it. Uh, what? A world after death. Uh, what? You know. A world after death. Which I'm guessing is either a world where death has ceased to be a thing or the afterlife. Yeah, but like, what? (laughs) One of the themes of part four is describing the city creates the city. Is that a theme? Can we call that a theme? I guess. I don't know if that's... Does Hirohiko Araki understand what themes are? Okay, okay. In part three, I came up with the idea of using a neighbourhood middle-aged woman selling cigarettes who attacks Jotaro and his friends. The problem was that the part three was a worldwide trip. So while Jotaro had to move on from the suburban setting, I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Trapped in this suburban hellscape. (laughs) My characters could move on, but I never moved on. No, I think what he's meaning to say is while Jotaro has to move on, he couldn't use this idea he wanted to. Yeah, but it always lingered in his mind. I thought if the adventure were to happen in just one city, I could take advantage of the concept of several people you'd meet around town suddenly threatening you and lurking about. I thought, maybe I could set a hospital as a battle stage, or involve someone like a mayor in the story. I figured this would enable me to to take anything people are familiar with in everyday life and do something creative with it. Now, he didn't end up doing either of those things. No, he didn't. (laughs) So, uh, good work, Ooh, Are you telling me the final boss is is a mayor in the hospital? (laughs) It's just like, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, we've got a problem. He's like, aha, so you did Meet come to me. Meet me at the hospital. No, 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 he's in the hospital. Bring right? the 10 billion yen to the helipad <laughs> on the roof of the hospital. What if, like, the mayor's in the hospital? He's like, ah, ah, oh, Josuke, you're here. It's like, yes, and all my friends are here. We have a huge problem. It's like, and then, then the my plan has gone yeah. perfectly. He rips reaches, off. He reaches down to his waist and in one smooth motion rips off all his bandages. And beneath ripped abs and he's like well well Josuke big yuck is a back tattoo it appears that you've fallen for my cunning ruse Mario isn't a town at all Yoshikage Kira was just a patsy and now you die <laughs> names as you already know most of my characters names are named after foreign musicians correct why do I do this why does he do this well it makes it easy for me to name characters and easy for readers to remember them yep that's it laugh that's- Yep, sure. I don't bother coming up with original names. What about Josuke? Jotaro? What's worse is that the names I give can sometimes cause confusion. Kakuin, for example, is the name of a place that exists in Sendai, my hometown. Ah. Part four is another story, though, as I had to come up with so many Japanese names. That was tough. How hard can it be to come up with Japanese names? As a Japanese person. Surely it's not that hard, right? From the beginning, I had already decided on the name Josuke, also read as Jojo, mm-hmm. but deciding the family name gave me a hard time. Japanese characters. By the way, for Kiyasu Nijimura, I used Niji, which meant rainbow, and cl- chose Nijimura specifically because it had a nicer ring to it than Nijioka or Nijiki. That's fair. Mura That's fair. means village. Oku means 100 million. His big, big bro, Keicho's Cho, means trillion. We know this from the words written on their sleeves. Yeah, so hang on. Okiyasu's name is 100 trillion. Hang on, let's break it down. So Niji is rainbow. Uh-huh. Mura is village. Yep. So rainbow village. Okay. And Oku means 100 million. Okay, Oku is 100 million. Yep. And Mura is... Village. Wait, then what's Yasu? No, not stated. Okay, sure. I combine my favourite kanjis with sound taken into consideration. Oh, whether it's easy to say or not. Though I'm having trouble thinking of any other Jojo puns. So if I were to start part five, I'd probably have a hard time. Did he? Probably. I mean, part five happened. <laughs> Jotaro's school outfit. Ooh, here we go. Here we go. Is it based off anything in particular, Mr. A? 
I decided Jotaro must be in a school uniform due to influence from Babiru II, a famous manga of a boy in a Gakuran or school uniform having an adventure in a desert. I've always thought how cool it was to have an adventure in a school uniform. This idea boggles me. It permeated a sense of a man's spirit of, a, of romantic adventure and beauty that could only be found from, from a boy having an adventure in a school uniform in a desert. What does Araki think beauty is at this point? <laughs> Because we've had beauty is like in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. And now it's a beautiful time to have an adventure in a school uniform. Which yeah, is beautiful. Desert. It's beautiful. It's like, what? what is, what is this? What beauty? is beauty? Artists have been asking that for years. <laughs> Wanting a sequel to previous works. People sometimes ask, why don't you draw sequels to Bao or BT? Well, they're already done in my mind. Similarly, I always get letters asking me to revive Kakuin or bring back Polnareff for part five. I don't think I will though, since characters of similar nature are already present in part 4. Even though I say this, you'll likely ask, then why did Jotaro and Joseph show up in part 4? Weren't they done too? Well they have the advantage of being related to Josuke. Bloodline is important. Mmm. Mmm. Thanks. <laughs> no worries, I'm here for you. <laughs> really, I don't have anything lingering whatsoever for part 1 to 3, my previous works. Although I'm more of a forgetting than moving on type of person. <laughs> You don't say. My works resemble a diary. What the fuck? Diary. Oh, oh okay, diary, yeah. <laughs> My works resemble just a shit show. <laughs> a giant amalgamation of who knows what the fuck. Resemble a diary in that I don't put too much thought into what I had previously written, but more so into drawing what I'm feeling now. Now is what matters most. Mm, mm. If you could tell anyone who doesn't believe in climate change that... We live in a better world. Uh, so the next heading is the um, the ominous kanji sound, which I recall correctly is like a do 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 or a go 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 go. You encounter do 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 a lot in my works. This sound effect is kind of the groove, tempo, or rhythm I feel when drawing. The atmosphere of the scene is what decides when I put up this sound effects. Like when I'm drawing a scene where a dune appears, here comes do 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 to add a more ominous something is happening touch. For Dio's muda 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 muda, I add it to give a feeling to his shouting. My way of adding sound effects and choosing lines is similar to making music in a way. So he's just like whenever he's feeling it out, he'll add them in to sort of punctuate the scene. That is which, which we know, I suppose. That, that is very interesting to me because, mm, like, if you're musically inclined, I am musically inclined. And it's like you got to get into like the groove before you can be all like, yeah, let's do this thing. <laughs> yeah. So like, if he can get into the groove of drawing, drawing, and be like, yeah, now this is happening. Do, 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 do. Yeah. It's also like. In the manga Bakuman, which is a manga about making manga, there's a character that they're like rivals against, and he is just like- His name's Hiro Hoko Oroki. Well. <laughs> now, um, he, I think it's Aiji Nizuma or something like that. And he is super like, you got to feel what's in the now, man. You got to go for it. And he's very much like, just listen to some fucking loud music and just write what happens. And it's like, it's like that, where it's like, I'm going to put this here and then this is happening right now. Bam. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Just a nice little thing, I think. Like Rohan. Yeah, like Rohan, where Rohan just sits there and is like, no, this is, how, this is how it looks. There you go. Throws ink like ninja stars. <laughs> Don't you fools get it? How Araki works on Weekly Jojo. First, I draw the name on report paper, which takes about 12 hours. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, hang on. Slow the fuck down. He draws the name. Okay, so there's a there's a parenthesis clarifying. Okay, good. Name, or it could possibly be Name, uh-huh. is Japanese. It refers to the draft storyboard. Whew. I was just thinking like, man, it takes you 12 hours to come up with JoJo's Bizarre <laughs> no, 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 Adventure. It'd, it'd just be like, hmm, I need a name for this arc. Thursday... Well, that didn't happen in the manga. Yeah, but just imagine it. It's like, <laughs> he just comes up with a name. It's like, Aqua Necklace. Yeah. And that was the time lapse. And he's like, great. Okay. How long have I... Fuck! <laughs> I've lost more time. <laughs> Why is it nighttime now? <laughs> yeah. He just sits down at his manga desk, writes out one word. And then well, it's that like, was easy. It's like one of those shots where it's like, it's like full room wide shot. Yeah. It's him there being all like, now I'll start. And then like from his perspective, writing down one word. And then it's back to that same shot. But now it's nighttime. Yeah. And his wife walks in. And it's like, are you okay? In here? <laughs> He's like, why? Wow, it's got, 
Ah, fuck! (laughs) Then I have a meeting with my editor, and after I begin drawing more elaborate sketches and eventually inking, I never start on the next page until I completely finish the one I'm working on. I work strictly on a one-page basis. This system allows for my assistants to work on each page more efficiently. How does that make sense? I don't know. Hmm. Because, I guess, like, the way it works is, if you give one page to an assistant rather than, like, a shit ton of pages, then you wouldn't be able to distribute to all the other assistants? Mm. The, you wouldn't be able to parallel... Or maybe it's like mm-hmm. a, um, a production line where, like, yeah. assistant one does this, assistant two does this. Yeah, potentially. That's true. I finish the names and begin dividing them into frames on Sunday. <laughs> Name frame. Name, frame, game, shame. These are all the things that define a person, <laughs> as taught to us by Hideo Kojima. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you see what I'm doing there, right? I do. I do. <laughs> it's a meme. It's a meme. Or is it a gene? Oh. Work begins on Monday, when we work from 11 in the morning to 12, though we do take a siesta for lunch from 3 to 4. Jeez, they work for... Wait, wait, 13 wait. hours? Wait, hang on, go back. They start at when? 11 in the morning. Yeah. And they work to midnight, I assume, because it says they take a siesta from lunch, for lunch from three to four. Yeah. Okay. So that's 13 hours. No, yeah, I can see that happening. I've done uni stints that have been longer and also equally painful, I imagine. On Tuesday and Wednesday, we work as we do on Monday, and I make sure it's all finished by 6pm on Wednesday. Mm. For the rest of the time on Wednesday, I deal with determining the plot for the next chapter. On Friday and Saturday, I sit back and relax, draw illustrations, go somewhere to interview people, look for ideas or info for my works. I'm not really good at research, though, laugh, or talking to people when I first meet. Aren't we all? Like Rohan. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, it's that guy I don't enjoy the company of. I shouldn't say anything weird to him. Oh, hi, Iraqi. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Shit. I remember my stomach being filled with butterflies when I tried talking to the people who take care of the animals at the zoo. That's an oddly specific example. (laughs) Either way, I'm quite strict when it comes to my schedule and I deal with my work quite squarely. Otherwise, if we get too lazy, we never actually get any work done. Complacency is the devil. Sure. (laughs) During daytime, I have to give instructions to my assistants, which often stops our works. So ironically, the time when I get the most work done is when, when my assistants go home. Like, that he gets done. Yeah. Yeah. Makes, makes sense, sense, I suppose. Yeah, because then he... It's like when you... So you're... when do his assistants go home? Do they, are they just working like a norm, normal work hours and he's just doing this crazy... Well, in Bakuman, I believe the assistants left at six or eight. One of the two. I can't remember when exactly, but they did not work short days. <laughs> it was like, by the time they left, it was like nighttime. Late start, at least. Yeah, late start, uh, but still, fuck. <laughs> at times, I'm on a roll when it comes to coming up with ideas, and other times, it's hard for me to come up with anything. So whenever I'm on a roll, when the ideas start cascading, I take advantage of that moment to try to write down everything for later use. I've never experienced a slump, but there are times when I don't feel like doing anything. So a slump. (laughs) (laughs) Everything feels like that at some point, right? I always have so much work that if you ask me if it's tough, I'd say it very much is. (laughs) Um, Is he still doing weekly? No, he's monthly now, (laughs) but they're longer. Yeah, just a slight change from weekly to monthly. Did he ever do fortnightly? Not that I'm aware of, because it depends on, like, magazine publishing dates, you know? Mm. Wait, did he change magazines? Yeah, he's gone from Shonen Jump yeah. to a Sinan magazine, which is pu- published oh. on a monthly basis, I believe. You know, uh, Shonen's designed for younger audiences, but Sinan, older audiences. Slightly older audiences. <laughs> yeah, like... No, isn't it something weird, like, Shonen's it's like for... like age 13 to 15 or something. No, Shonen is, like... 13 to 17. No way. Shonen is like 8 to 12. Oh, well, never mind. But then isn't Sinan like old people manga falls into Sinan? No. No? What am I thinking of? It's like old teens. No. Yeah. I thought that when Shonen was like teens and slightly young. No, that's... Shonen is for baby boys. Specifically, young boy. Hmm. Interesting. Then what's the super old manga? I don't know. Man, I gotta find this out. Characters. If you ask me who my favourite is, it'll definitely be Josuke. Definitely Josuke. And Jotaro. And Dio. Ndul. Darby. I love characters that have their own aesthetics. So really, they're all his favourite because he made them up. Characters I hate are ones I really tried to make look disgusting, unpleasant, e.g. vanilla ice. I gradually felt sick while drawing them. (laughs) 
I just like the idea that like he's drawing vanilla ice and oh, then he just, I hate you so much. It's just like fucking this guy. <laughs> Hang on, and then he just the runs assist, out. The assistant has to bring the bath bucket over. Yeah, the assistant's like, please don't vomit on that. That's our only thing. It's like <laughs> I, I don't know if I can hold it in. <laughs> it's like then stop drawing him. <laughs> no, I can't. He's about to kill Polar. <laughs> Which type of character is easier for me to draw? Good guys or bad guys? I can't say which is easier because good slash bad are like heads and tails. They're two sides of a coin and there really is a fine line between the two. Like (laughs) Batman and the Joker. You know, Araki always amazes me with his similes. Good characters tend to be bound by rules, but it's fun to work with them because at certain times they begin to have a weird eccentricity. Depicting good characters is fun. But I guess depicting bad ones can be more fun since I can make them do anything illegal or destroy everything. Dio did mind control that guy. Which guy? The taxi guy. No, he just threatened him and tortured him and pulled his teeth out. What else is that but mind control? Well, compared to like putting a parasitic flesh bud in his brain. That's true. That is true. He also put a whole bunch of parasitic flesh bud in people's brains. (laughs) Yeah. My childhood. Oh God, here we go again. I began drawing by imitating Shirato Sanpei's Watari, or Chibatetsu's Harisuna Kaze, when I was five or six. It seems so long ago, back when people could watch Ultraman on TV. What is Ultraman? I think it's like a sort of Power Rangers style Tokusatsu series. Superpowers and Superboys. Rubbery suit monsters. Yes. I also made original stories, like muscle men fighting villains. That doesn't feel that far away (laughs) from Jojo. I loved period plays, parentheses, stories that take place in feudal Japan. There were so many manga titles I loved back then. Sports, comics, ghost related. (laughs) Just the idea that Araki's just sitting there like, there are so many things that I liked. Sports, ghosts. (laughs) I even bought the very first issue of Jump. Among all those mangakas, the one who moved me most is Yokoyama Mitsuteru of Babiru II, the man who had adventures in the desert in his school uniform. The very first thing of Jump? Yeah. The very first? The very first. Wow. I read his comics until they were worn out. Good work. I was quite a normal child. Oh, here we we go. Here we go. But I was much more cool headed than others. I was like that kid calmly looking at others raising hell. My hobbies were manga or movies. I didn't show any interest toward plastic models or radio controlled model cars. I was such a pushover for spaghetti western movies and Clint Eastwood. My dad loved them too. And who wouldn't? I commented, my parents don't understand my manga on the comic on the cover of a comic before. They still don't understand, which is puzzling to me because I draw manga with respect to Eastwood, who my dad loves. Why the heck can't they get to like my work? <laughs> what is at the very core of my work is the same as Eastwood's. Maybe the Jojo anime will help them get interested. <laughs> the idea that it's like what the hell parents come on come on man Clint Eastwood don't you love Clint Eastwood don't you love my work don't you love me (laughs) other than Eastwood's I loved the Godzilla series or panic filled movies yes I couldn't see movies so often with the small amount of allowance I had though sports I practiced kendo is kendo a sport yeah sure okay there's a point system I would have thought it would be more like a competition like fencing yeah, but is fencing a sport? Yes. Or is it, but like, Objectively, yes. Uh, I guess. <laughs> Group sports, such as basketball or soccer, were not my thing. I joined the baseball team once, but when I failed to catch, pitch or hit, everyone stared at me. I didn't like that part of group sports. <laughs> like, it's okay for me to run alone, but I could not do relay races. I didn't want the responsibility. I couldn't work as a team. Laugh. What I did love was magic tricks and playing cards. (laughs) I even bought a how-to book and practiced them. Beautiful. So you had a perfectly normal childhood. (laughs) Just like you or me. Yep. No team sports, martial arts. Magic. (laughs) Kendo. I did some kendo. Did you? At um, Zendokai. Oh, yeah, but Zendokai was like self-defense. No, but we did kendo sessions sometimes where we put on the armor and hit each other with the bokkens. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. It was, yeah. I remember I went to one session of Zendokai and the only thing I remember is if you want to block someone, don't. Just just run away. Just get out of the way. Yeah. Or just like push their hand. And I was like, oh. 
And if someone's menacing you, pretend you're really nervous and run your hand through your hair, because that way, if you need to abruptly elbow them in the face, you've got a good, you're in good position. Is this a legitimate thing? Yeah. What? Le- legit tip. So, ner- wait, nervously run through the hair. Yeah. But then how do you elbow from this position where your hand is in your head and your elbow well, is by your Well, if they try eye? to grab you and headbutt you, you're in the right position. If they try to grab you and headbutt you. Yeah. Surely that's the last thing they're going to try and do. You never know. Okay. Or even they just try to grab you and pull you in. Yeah, all right. Uh, or if they're a bit further out, you can just uh, slam your fist down into their nose and break it. <laughs> so just like a downward like hmm. slice thing. Well, well, well. Zendo Kai. This is where the listener learns not to pick a fight with Liam. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, when I was in school, I beat down. No, I would not be good in a fight. Don't let them know. I've always loved rock and roll. From the late 1960s, I began to listen to Chicago and Led Zeppelin. Good choices. In the 80s, Prince, which is actually what I was listening to when I was drawing the cover for Jojo 6251. That's just an art book. Yep. The very art book from which this interview comes? Whoa. Foreign music with an ancient times atmosphere and a Baroque feel stir up my imagination. You know what? I can see how they would, Araki. I couldn't afford expensive records back then, so I listened to music from the radio. I recorded songs with a gigantic cassette deck my parents bought for my studies in English. Oh, yes. So I guess he does speak some English. I remember trying to stay perfectly still so I'd be quiet while recording. Laugh. I didn't listen to Japanese songs at all at the time, and I still don't. (laughs) I hate Japanese music. (laughs) I had really wanted to become a mangaka since I was very little, but I tried to keep it a secret. Once I was asked, what do you want to be in the future? And I replied, mangaka. Hey, Araki, what do you want to be, mangaka? (laughs) Okay, that... Are you sure you want to do that? Mangaka! The one who asked said, good luck. Though I could <sighs> tell from their eyes that what they were really saying was, you can't become a mangaka. <laughs> so I ended up not telling anybody, not even my parents. I didn't even mm. work on any kind of doujinshi either. Doujinshi. Ooh, I recognise that word. Ooh, ooh, I should know this. <laughs> I can't help you on this one. Yeah, all right, that's fair. At some point... I began to think I should immerse myself into the world of my stories and illustrations. So I started studying to come at a designer school. At the time, I had drawn two Western manga, which I entered for a manga competition sponsored by Shonen Jump. I used to like Shonen magazine too. But from the 1980s, they started to focus on love comedy. I hated that type of thing. So I didn't enter any contests. It's like Shakespeare. (laughs) He was cool. And then he was like, you know what's nice? Love. Let's make things about love. And it's like, no, give me back. Much Ado About Nothing is pretty good. Yeah, but give me my fucking Titus Andromedus. Like, Androma, that guy. Andronicus. Yeah. The dude who's all like, ah, so my generals go against me. Kill everyone. Bake them into pies. Yeah. Have a fun time. With murder. Despite entering the competitions with my masterpieces, I never did receive any calls. I wondered why. So I went to the Shueisha HQ in Tokyo to ask their opinions on it directly. That feels like a bad plan. Yes. Yeah. The one editor I showed it to before even reading it pointed out that I forgot to erase the black lines. He boggled (laughs) my mind, but I learned a lesson that day. Back home, I began improving on my story. After four months, I finished 30 pages work. This work was called Poker Under Arms, and it's what I made my debut with. It was good enough for the public, but was it good enough for Araki? No one knows. We didn't stick with it. Oh, well then no. (laughs) Okay, we're getting to the last page of this particular interview, which might be the last one we have time for today. Fashion conscious. Go on. I am interested in fashion. I take Italian fashion into account when deciding what my characters wear. Versace and Moschino's clothes are so loud and gorgeous, they make my illustrations beautiful. The hell? What? Are those like fashion designs? Yeah, those are, you know, like Versace. Oh, yes. No, yes. Can you tell that I'm not great at fashion? (laughs) (laughs) However, they do have their weaknesses. I get bored with them if I draw them for too long. Similar to how certain clothes go out of fashion throughout the years. Mm. I used to check out Japanese fashion books, but they are something different. They seem out of date. Stands. Now we're fucking talking. <laughs> you still have every headline so far. Yeah, but to be fair... To be fair, we are talking. Yeah. Now we're cooking with lightsabers. My doubt over supernatural powers helped me come up with stands. I doubt powers like think hard enough and things will begin to move. I don't see anything. How can you say your willpower moved things? <laughs> I wanted something visible that could explain these powers. 
For example, if a person is in the dark and something moves, you can't really see what's happening. But if something visible pops out from the person and actually touches things and moves them, then you say, oh, I see, stands a proof of those superpowers. Basically my way of explaining how those invisible powers work. Well, they're like a pseudo proof, but they still work as an explanation. Yes, but no, it's fiction. <laughs> it's very much fiction, Araki. I called it a stand after light stands. The type that sit beside your bed in a looming manner when you read. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, this has come up before. Mm. With stands, I thought I could describe loads of things. What a good idea, I thought. <laughs> in part three, I connected stands with tarot cards because I wanted each stand to be unique. I thought 22 would be enough, but I ended up running short. Lol. Did he say lol? Yeah. Wow. The stand's designs were inspired by yokai and eerie folk crafts. I first decided the ability, and then the appearance with which readers can associate the ability. What I love about stands is that I can express psychological warfare. Man, I love expressing psychological warfare in my fiction. The stand's physical powers are not what matters most. E.g. a stand with no physical power, but with the ability to make enemies tell lies, can still be very formidable. True. Now finally we have a section on some of his previous work. Have we ever talked about some of his previous it's work? It's come up a time or two, but never in great detail. Mmm. And it's probably still won't. <laughs> cool Shock BT. We've talked about this before as the uh, manga which infamously taught kids how to capture poisonous wasps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you always need more wasps, Liam. My first serialization. I worked on it in Sendai, my hometown. It was around the time the delivery service was first established, so I would send copies of rough sketches through that and talk with my editors by phone. Just like Kishibe Rohan. Ah. My editor back then was so severe. After I'd sent all of my work, he'd end up calling me to Shueisha and Tokyo anyways. I had to use an ashtray as a pallet to practice and had to sleep on the train in the next morning. What do you mean pallet? For ink or maybe as a clipboard style? I guess? That trained me as a mangaka. My editor is a man I respect as a severe teacher and also a god. <laughs> yes, my editor was, um, he was a good teacher. My editor was, uh, Bahamut, Lord of the Abyss. Now, I don't know if you know this about me, but my editor was from uh, Olympus. I don't know if you know this about me, but my editor was Shubnigurath, the black goat of the woods with a thousand young. I don't know if you know this about me, but my editor was actually, uh, Artemis. I don't know if, if you know this about me, but I sprang fully formed from my editor's head after he got an injury. I don't know if you know this about me, but you know Junji Ito? No. My editor ate him. And absorbed his power? Yes. He was the one that decided that Dio should be in Egypt, since he loved Egypt and was very knowledgeable of it. Mm. He was the one who tried to get, tried hard to get BT serialised in Jump when other editors were against it. Was BT serialised in Jump? I assume so. Or was it serialised in something else? I don't know. Ooh. Bao. Now, Bao, of course, you didn't see this in the anime because uh, they replaced it with Superman. But in the manga, when uh, young Joseph Joestar is reading a comic on the plane. Oh, you were telling me about this. Yeah, it's yeah. Bao. Originally, it was Bao, but they changed it to Superman. For the anime. Yeah. The anime? Yeah, the anime. Or was it the other way around? Doesn't matter. Either way, they replaced it with something. Bao. I was thinking about Bao when I drew BT during its jump serialization. Well, asked and answered. <laughs> By the visitor, I meant strike back. Don't know what that means. Okay, sure. Back then, everyone was talking about biotech. So I named Bao after biotech. I also wanted to pursue physical power. Uh, <laughs> sure. I'm I feel like we might be missing it. some context yeah. here. I'm willing to believe it, but I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> gorgeous Irene. Ah, uh, Gorgeous Irene. Who, of course, the cafe that uh, Joseph blew up while fighting Straitzo Indeed. was named Irene's. I came up with Irene's plot while pursuing physical power. I named her Irene, which sounded cute. I started to draw Irene to see if I could actually draw girls. The result. I realised I couldn't draw girls. <laughs> That's why you generally don't see that many girls in Jojo. Ah. Recently, though, I've been incorporating more and more girls, and now I think I can draw them. So the reason why he didn't draw ladies... Because he couldn't. It's because he couldn't. I guess. That's pretty bold. Only one way to get better, though. Yeah, that's a bold move. Just like, I don't have time to draw ladies, so I won't draw any. <laughs> and finally, starting Jojo. Hey. I earned a lot of money from drawing Bao which allowed me to go abroad for the first time in my life. I ended up going to England for 10 days, where I was at a loss, since I couldn't order food at restaurants due to my inability to speak English. I had a rather hard time there, 
but the experience inspired me to draw Jojo. By the way, two years after the trip, I, I tried to write off the expense. My tax office refused me, so I had to pay surcharge. I've had a grudge against them ever since. <laughs> <laughs> so let me get this right. He made a shit ton of money yep. from- From his, Bao. From Bao. And then he thought, oh, cool. I'm going to go over to Italy. <laughs> Did that, came back and went, oh, wait a minute. Maybe this could be considered work. And then they said, well, no, you just went to Italy. And he's like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? So that's another round of Hirohika Araki interviews. Oh, my God. We are at uh, page 24 of the 57-page document oh I, book I made up of interviews. <laughs> uh, so still plenty of uh, future ones to come if we want. Oh, um, Jesus. As a little teaser, next time we do this, it'll, we'll start with a, um, an in-conversation session with Kazuma Kanako of Atlas. Um, who was the video game designer and artist um, behind such games as Devil May Cry and Persona. What, like original Devil May Cry or new Devil May Cry? Original, I think. Yeah, boy. But I don't know. I'm keen. Hirohika Araki, one step closer to solving the mystery. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, what do we think he is? Like, as far as a human is concerned. I think he's a guy who's really into... Um, Positive thinking. Like, the secret. Like, if you 100% believe in it, you're doing good. Yeah, he does feel like a guy who's like, you need to cultivate beauty. But what is beauty? It's harmony of the universe. And I also think he's a man who wears his inspirations on his sleeve. And I can respect mm. that. Mm. He just fucking goes for it. Mm. Yeah. He went to fucking Italy without speaking English. In- England. Oh, England. Mm. Oh, He went to England without speaking English. Who does that? Who goes to a country without trying to learn the language? Me. And me, probably. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But it's still just like, I just went there. And that's why we'll never go to America. (laughs) Because neither of us can speak America. We only speak the Queen's English. Strayin'. Mate. You call that a knife? No, it's a spoon. All right. Anyway, that's it for Nick's Pickaroos. Yeah, everyone, this has been The Troubled King. Make sure you like and subscribe. Gross. Smash that like. Yeah. So until next time, see ya. In hell. Liam. Liam.